Hello everybody, welcome to another RM Sotheby's Car Show. Welcome to a sunny location in uh, northern Italy on the banks of Lake Como. We are recording this live from the grounds of Villa Erba. I'm here with uh, two of my colleague, car specialist colleagues, Will Smith and Felix Archer, both previous stars of this podcast, and another previous star of this podcast, Peter Warman, uh, our European and EMEA chairman. Well, guys, why are we here? I'm 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 going to hand over to I'm going to hand over to Will Smith. Why are we sitting on the banks of Lake Como? Well, there's no better location to do an auction, Peter. Um, in my opinion, I think this is probably the finest location we have as a company doing auctions. I don't know about you guys if you'd agree with that, but I think this is this is as good as it gets for car auctions. Absolutely, I think if you're buying into the uh, concept of owning a classic car, whether it's, you know, a lot of people talk about investment, but for us, I think we're all enthusiasts, it's about the events. And if you want to be here at this time of year, at Villa d'Este, at Villa Herba, then you need to buy the right type of car to participate in this event. And I think that's going to be the ongoing appeal of these cars for future generations, to be able to be here rubbing shoulders with the glitterati you know it's got that sort of image of the jet set of uh, you know 1950s and 60s no i'm talking about you oh okay um, and <laughs> no i think you know what have you got here you've got seaplanes you've got reavers you've got uh beautiful cars fantastic what? buildings villa Herba is a, a a beautiful uh sort of uh, let's call it a palace really small palace on the banks of lake como and but behind us here, I mean, we are metres from the edge of the lake. There are mountains. And for anyone that's not been to Lake Como, it is absolutely beautiful. Lots of uh, wealthy film stars and, uh, you know, the jet set own villas and property around here because it is just so lovely. Um, and there are a lot of these big villas and we're sitting in the grounds of one of them. It's where our auction is. And just a few hundred metres up the lake is a very is a five-star deluxe hotel called Villa Deste. And that's where this very upmarket and lovely uh, concourse takes place. Back in the 20s, going back to the inception of concourse, it was very much an, an opportunity for manufacturers to show what they were doing. It's like the, the origination of a, of a car show, right? There wasn't huge motor shows in, you know, in yeah. the same way. It was like a very high-end place to show your cars as the finest iteration of design. And sell them. And sell them. It's, to, like, to, to, it's to like haute couture. Yeah. in the fashion industry yeah. you would be here and you'd be looking at the latest models from Alfa Romeo or from Isotto Fraschini or whoever that may be and you'd be able to see what the, the designers could do for you and you place your order and have a bespoke car built for you and, and some so, of those cars come back and are shown of course at the event today which is great yeah I also think we lean in to the kind of things that are selected at the concourse for our auction you know in the same way that uh, and it's kind of we follow a theme which is sort of 50s, 60s Centrix cars um, in the same way that if you go to Munich it's kind of the polar opposite we, we lean into the young timer audience um, yeah. 80s, 90s yeah. um, and it's sort of in my opinion it's sort of the, uh, the best sort of embodiment of luxury um, and it's just amazing the collections that we've got on offer are insane yeah we should probably talk about the cars for a second. yeah let's talk let's talk about the cars but I, but but the, just to frame the auction a little bit over the years we, we used to call it the villa d'este auction didn't we we kind of don't really do that now because it's never actually taken place at villa d'este but we do it in partnership with the villa d'este concourse so 
here in the grounds of Pillarurba. And the first year we did it was 2011, and we do it every other year. So it's a biannual sale. It alternates with the Monaco auction. There are are also factors around this sale which make it a little bit different because we're not allowed a huge number of cars, are we? So that we, we can't fill this place with 100 cars. And because of that, and there's quite a lot of cost involved in putting on an auction here for, for a number of reasons. The number of cars we do have need to have quite a high value attached to it. And that's pretty much what we've got, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's important to note as well that whilst we are at Villa Erba, the Concours is divided over two days. So Saturday exactly, is at yeah. Villa d'Este. That's a very, very high-end, exclusive, ticket-only event. This is a, a broader remit um, it's open to the public and of course all of the concord cars from saturday move here and displayed here on the sunday as well i think as well this year it's a bit different in that they've involved whilst the event the main event is sponsored by bmw they've involved other manufacturers and i think the main intent there is to bring people to lake como and make this more of a, a carnival atmosphere a festival a bit like monterey you have monterey car week and the beginning of september in the uk you've got the concord at hampton court and goodwood so it just I think these events are finally realising in collaborating with other events you can bring a better audience by giving people more to do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not that there's a shortage of things to do around Lake Como, really. No, no, you having a swim? I might go swimming in a minute. I bought my Speedos, you'd be pleased to know. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, know. I was going to wear them for the podcast, but I thought, best not. No, it's a bit, it's uh, a bit cold, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't do that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the cars that we've got, um, because a, a bit later in the podcast we're going to take a closer look at them. We've got a particularly great collection that have come out of Sweden, haven't we? So say something about that. Um, we've got um, a great collection that's come out of Sweden uh, called the Aurora Collection, um, many of which have been in quite long-term ownership uh, from a private individual. Um, Was it are... Mr Aurora? Is no. Is that why we called it the Aurora <laughs> no. Collection? Um, but many of which... If you took even just one of the cars, they would be a feature car in the in the sort. Yeah. But the fact that we've got the whole package, um, and it's all no reserve, so the highest bid does win the car. Um, it's drawn a huge amount of attention to the auction, um, and it's really we've been able to build the rest of the auction around the collection as a result. So many people have bought into the no reserve concept and have add, added their car in it with the same. Uh, with the same marketing method. It, that is an exceptional collection of cars um, to find in any sale, uh, with reserve, without reserve, uh, you know, however. But they are a particularly spectacular collection to be offering without reserve. In, in Europe, you wouldn't you know, often see that, do you? Yeah. Not ordinarily. I, I, I think, obviously, you know, vendor circumstances have a lot to play in, in, in that. And also, you know, there's a, there's a certain degree of... of, of the circumstances of those, those vendors are always different, right? And we have to be sensitive to that and understand that fact. But I think that given the whole collection here at Villa Urba and the, and the, the specific cars that we're offering, which everyone will see later on, um, that is the perfect recipe for success. And, and I think people also, buyers, want to come to us to know that we have vetted these cars, we have checked them over, and we've gone back to the manufacturers, checked all the numbers and they're buying the best of what they can buy and, and I think that's what we have on offer today. Throughout the entire auction, your favourite car? He's going to say I don't like cars, I like boats. <laughs> I'll go, um, 190. Oh, don't say what? that, that's what? mine. <laughs> what? We're in similar ages. I yeah. think the, four, the Ferrari 400 Super America yeah, Aerodynamica. 
it's 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 a proper gentleman's GT. I think it's it, it's a sports car with elegance, limited edition, lots of unique bespoke features that were designed purely around that car by Pininfarina. Great color combination, powerful V12 Ferrari engine. It's got everything you want: a glamour, sex appeal, driver quality, looks, all the things that you're looking for, Peter. Every time you look I, in the mirror, I bring Lacking. I bring the glamorous sex <laughs> appeal whatever that... I'm driving. <laughs> I, I go the opposite end of the spectrum to Peter. So whilst I completely <coughs> adore that 400 Super America, I'm going to go race car because it's actually one of the very few race cars that we actually have in this auction, and it is a works Mercedes-Benz 190 Evolution, which you know won something like nine of its races that it was it campaigned in DTM. I was obviously a young child in the late 80s. I said 90s, and it wasn't <laughs> 80s. And that was my introduction to motorsport. And that car is synonymous with just one of the greatest eras of saloon car racing that there's ever been, I think. And that's one of the iconic cars for me. So, yeah. I yeah, that, that is a cool thing. You were going to choose the same one, were you? Can I just say the same? Because no, it's so you great. can't say <laughs> the it is same. The, it's the one I would take home. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's such an amazing thing. Bernd Schneider as well, great driver. Mm. It's just, it's so iconic. It says a lot for the generational shift in what people love, what they remember when they were young. It says a lot, it speaks volumes to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't really chosen you, We one. haven't got any pre-war cars for you, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is one. There's a Bentley. There you are. There's a like the Bentley. Yeah, I like the Bentley. There's an Alpha. Um, oh, no, sorry, you have to give your choice as well. Oh, I... Oh, oh, um, you could say the great DB5 project that we've got. It's kind of... Selling the dream. You can, you can, selling the dream, everyone. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what no I... There's no vested interest uh, here, so is there? I, I, no, I'm just going to say it. I, 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 the, the, I don't know if I'd buy all of them, but that collection of black Testarossas just does look cool. Yeah. I got quite excited when mm. I saw those, but I wouldn't buy them all. Um, and the Tetris DB5, obviously, is an exciting project for someone, isn't it? It's so rare to find them as well. Um, I don't know, you bring one to every auction, <laughs> Felix. But this was delivered in, with an automatic gearbox, and that is truly, truly rare. I mean? think the automatic gearbox actually suits the DBs. Everyone says, oh, you've got to have a manual, you've got to have a manual, but they're a bit slow and sluggish, you know, and I think an automatic gearbox is quite, quite refined, quite smooth in those cars. Born in Sierra Blue as well, which is mm. um, a great colour. Mm. Selling it well. Yeah. I'm How like much to restore it? 50. Oh. Tops. <laughs> 50? Where's that? Where's that? 350. Which country is that being restored in? Like, <laughs> selling the dream. I wish. So, uh, Felix, I gather you have a bit of Villa Urba trivia. Yeah. Tell um, Go on. So, this was built in the 19th century. Um, 1898. 1898. Um, thank you, Will. Um, by, commissioned by Luigi Urba, who was a uh, pharmaceutical man. Um, his relative was Lucino Visconti, who was an iconic... Um, movie director, um, The Damned, Death in Venice. He put Romy Schneider, Helmut Berger, who died yesterday, um, on the map. And uh, that pharmaceutical company became Pfizer. Did it? Yeah. Good well, Lord. sort of. But basically, it did, yeah. Are you a full time tour guide here? <laughs> I mean, for, as a private residence, it's, it's quite something. He yeah. literally, he knows nothing about cars. No. He knows nothing about his job. But he, you come here and you ask him about Villa Urba and he's got it all. Villa Urba and DB5 projects, that's the whole MO. Well, they'll all be here tomorrow night because they're hosting the uh, one of the parties for the owners here tomorrow mm. night. So, mm. everyone will be here. Uh, Is it owned by the state? 
I thought you're the trivia man. Yeah, you, same by the yeah. state. Don't let us down now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us half the story and then. Well, store. a bit like all the, the lovely houses in, in the UK. Like, you know, just UK you know, heritage had to buy them all because they, they you know, people couldn't afford to run them. Well, I think I it's, was, uh, it's worth coming back to that because we do typically host our events at beautiful locations, our auctions at beautiful locations, around events, whether that's the Monaco Historic Grand Prix, Retromobile in Paris, Pe- uh, Pebble Beach. Motor here. World. M- Motor <laughs> World. Um, I didn't go, so I don't know about that. Um, Sorry. I'm sure you had a good time. In November as well. Have so, you been to um, Essen as well? Yeah. Essen. For me, it's our busiest year we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just saying that. Well, we, we have got two private collection sales in July. Um, so that yeah, that's quite a full-on program for us. That's why we're, you know, we look so jaded and tired on this podcast. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> With this beautiful reservoir behind us, pure it's water. Nice. It's like pure water it's lovely. today. It's in this lovely. Um, oh look, there's the ferry boat that we all get to come to work in the morning. Um, look, this is a lifestyle um, event. What we're selling. You don't need to own a collector's car. You're doing it for choice. You're doing it because it pleases you, because it's beautiful, and because you like to be part of. But it it does for me send a message. Of course, we offer cars privately. We have our sealed bid platform. We've done online-only auctions as well. We do online-only auctions. I think each has its place. But if you're coming into this world, you want to be inspired. So you go to Villa d'Este. You see what sort of fun you can have by owning. It's a passport to those events. People buy cars to do the Mille Mille, to race at Goodwood, to enter Pebble Beach, just to have fun on the road. But the fact is, once you're here, you're, you're meeting people, you might be meeting restorers, you might be meeting dealers, you want to ask some advice, um, but you, it becomes part of a community. So if you collect watches, you can have beautiful watches, and I'm sure that you, know, you can have your own personal pleasure, but it, you, you're unlikely, nobody raced watches. People wear them and they wear them for pleasure. Art as well, you can collect art and you can meet people from the art world. You may meet some artists, but of course you're not going to meet Picasso. And even when you do, you, you, your engagement with them will be on a very different level. We were just talking to Klaus Bussert, chief designer from Maserati. They're here, they're judging at the show. So you're learning about your own passion with people on the same wavelength but people have contributed to this. And there's a mutual respect for the history. I think that, that's what it boils down to, really, is that the, the, the drivers, the designers, the manufacturers, it's all about history and, and the respect for that history and, and celebrating it, frankly. And, and, and that, you're right, Peter, there's no other industry like it in, 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 in this world. Because and, and out of interest, I met a guy recently who had bought a second-hand drum kit and it had belonged to the drummer for Amber Run. And I said, do you want to... Who's Amber Run? And I said to the guy, I said, do you want to meet the original, do you want to meet the drummer that played this drummer? And he he, he said, no, I have no interest in meeting him whatsoever. (laughs) I thought, well, fair enough. That wouldn't wouldn't happen in the car industry. Great band. I'm glad we had that chat. Nobody is going to have any clue what he's talking about. (laughs) No. Um, Well, now everyone's going to be on Wikipedia going, Amber Run, drummer. It's a slow burn, but it will happen. The revolution will come. <laughs> Don't worry, we can edit that bit out. What are you, but, fam- but we what are you famous we'll for? Li- we'll oh, you may have... Ju- yeah, the, the sort of stuff you post on Instagram most of the time, pictures of you at 17 racing caterums. Yeah. He was the fastest... Uh, we did a track day recently um, at the Bedford Auto Show, which was a fantastic experience. Yeah, yes. 
Um, and to your credit, Peter, all those years and thousands of pounds you spent on racing, all and wasting this, all of that credit card debt, wasting I, rubber on tarmacs, you've yeah. actually you actually came out on top, didn't you? I did, yeah. Despite my age as well, Here despite we my well, my, my, adva- my advanced age. years, yeah. Uh, but moving on from that, yeah. What am I? Fa- oh no! I tell you, I I had to mourn Lily Savage's uh, 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 Paul O'Grady's passing recently because you know I, I was on TV with Paul O'Grady. Oh, you was okay. Did you interview? You did you get all your dresses? Did Savage, you get all of yeah. your dresses back? <laughs> I did. I got I got my wig back. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's probably enough of that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Andres Billet and I work at RM Sotheby's as a car specialist. I'm based in Denmark and as such work primarily uh, out of Scandinavia. As a car specialist, the, the whole journey really starts with building a good relationship with the clients, with the car collectors. Trust is, a, is, is the basic element that needs to be there and an understanding of what they're looking for. Um, and from there, you can either help them build their collection or you can help them part with, with their collection. In terms of the Aurora collection, the Swedish collection we've got here today, that whole process, it's a longer process, but, but uh, it starts with, uh, with wanting to tidy up a bit in, in the collection that was there. And uh, then we talk about which cars could do well on the market at the moment. And, and we put together something that's interesting to, to offer to the public. It's, it's a very long process really, and quite complex as well. Initially, uh, obviously the cars need to be inspected, all of the cars, and, and as a car specialist, that's what each, each of, well, me or my colleagues, we all do as we go out. That's one of the first things, we have to inspect the cars and, uh, and put estimates on them, how much do we believe they can, they can uh, reach, uh, they can make in the market today. And hopefully that meets the, uh, the owner's expectations. If so, we put something together um, in terms of marketing. There's also all the logistical stuff, transportation, storage potentially. There's a lot of aspects too that goes behind, on behind the scenes that need to be very well defined beforehand. Before we bring them to auction, we've serviced all the cars as well. That's 14 cars going through servicing. Again, this is not something that the outside world really sees that we do, but, but it needs to be done for us to present a, a, a good product at the auction. So there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on. Then there's the whole outreach to our clients. It's no good just saying we're gonna sell the cars, we need to find the buyers as well for them. So just as much as we work with, with clients who want to sell, we work with clients who want to buy. And it's finding the right buyers for each individual car or preferably more than one because of course the way an auction works, we want more than one person bidding. So on, on preview day, when we rock up here, it, it, it's very much, a, it, it, there's a lot of teamwork going on. It's not just about what I do. Uh, I mean, the, the venue looks astonishing and there's a, there's a huge team behind us that, that make it look like this. And it, it, it's, it's jaw-dropping, it's amazing. The excitement is off the charts. I mean, so many people, so much interest in these cars. We've, not just the Aurora collection, but we've got the 12 Ferraris and the two Mercedes from out of Sweden and loads and loads of other lovely cars to back it up as well and and just look around i mean the setting the venue is amazing the cars are brilliant and clearly the public thinks so too because look how many people are coming here to have a look at it it's just amazing 
the cars look as good as they possibly can. And, and that's when me and my colleague specialists are here to, to talk with, uh, with potential clients. Uh, that, can, that can be physically here, and often it is, but it can also be doing video calls if they're abroad. It could be a client sitting in the US who's interested in one of these cars, and then we do video calls with them, walk them through the car, and give them an honest description about what's here, what's good, but equally, what might be lacking. And of course, that's even arguably even easier if, if, if the client can be here on the day, because then, then we can walk them around the car physically and point out what's good and what's bad about the car and, and figure out if it appeals to them enough that they actually want to put a bit in. My favorite, it's tough because they're all, they're all amazing, but my favorite is probably the Daytona Spider just because of history, 50 year old car, right over here. Beautiful color, maroon and metallic, defines cool. Just defines cool. The leather is 50 years old, it's original. Won't find another one. The 275 GT4 cam as well. Again, the color sells it for me. Brilliant car, probably the best car to come out of Ferrari in the 60s. And like I said, the color just pops. get to the point where we have a client who's genuinely interested in one of our cars or or, or or more than one then this is this is where it gets a bit more serious this is where we dive into the documentation the history of the car which which uh, which parts tools books etc that come with the car um, so this is for the more serious bidders when they want to sort of establish how how far am I willing to bid on this car how good do I actually believe it is documentation nowadays is so important so our colleagues who work here, they, they are, yeah, I, I, you, can't put a, you can't put a number on how valuable they are for us. It, it, it's everything. It's really good. Telephone desks here. Um, fairly shortly, well, a few hours. Uh, auction starts. We'll have the auctioneer up front, of course, facing all. Um, everybody's here to watch and here to bid. And this is uh, this is where we then take the uh, the phone bids. So uh, I'll have my colleagues sitting here on the phones. Um, meanwhile, we have people out in front of us uh, in person making their bids. And of course, we've also got online bids coming in here. Uh, me, myself, I'll be stuck out here, uh, bid spotting as, as it's called, uh, looking for, for the bids in the room. We need to be sure that we see everybody who puts in a bid. They'll, they'll raise their hand or whatever, but sometimes it, there's a lot of excitement and auctioneer can't see everybody in the room at once, so several of us are out there looking for those bids and we'll point them out to the auctioneer to make sure that, the, that every bid is counted. Tension is building now, four or five hours away from, from the moment. My, my collection, the Euro collection, is uh, towards the end of, well, it's the, it's the final bit, uh, the final lots of the auction. So, uh, so that'll, that'll sort of round things off. Um, I'll get there to bid, uh, get to watch all the bids come in for, for all the other lots beforehand and uh, 
I'm really looking forward to it. Tense, but really looking forward to it. There's been so much interest, a lot of positive feedback, a lot of registered bidders. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and hopefully it goes really well. It's uh, 20 past six, so we are 10 minutes from the auction starting. This is the point in the day when there's a, the atmosphere gets really built up. There's a lot of energy in the room. Everyone's a little bit nervous because we're nervous about how well it's gonna go. I love this bit of the auction. Some people hate it. Peter Warman, our auctioneer, he's very nervous, um, and, but he's gonna be fine. But uh, yeah, no, this is great. So we're 10 minutes out. We've had a cocktail party. People are somewhat lubricated with Prosecco, which is great. We've had a few, we've had a few canapes doing rounds. Uh, so everyone's in a good mood. You're on the way to sit down and do what? And do some foam bidding. Yeah? Yeah. There's a lot of interest, so let's hope. How much does the foam well. how much does the foam bidding actually matter? It's hugely important. I would say 80% of the auction. Like there's a lot going on on the phones. So uh, yeah, it's super important. It's very tense. So you can feel the tension in people's voice. Of course they want to buy the cars, they want to get what you know what they desire, but you have to push them a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. Well, best of luck. I'm, I'm of course biased. I love auctions. I think they're brilliant, and they're brilliant because, because well, largely because of the atmosphere. Uh, it's 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 such a special place to be. When the bidding starts, when the bidding picks up, and and you've got multiple players, and again, it's 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 just like the passion I spoke about that the owner of these cars has had to collect them. Well, the same passion is present here in the room. These are other collectors who have what have their own collections at home, which they are passionately putting together and and everyone bidding wants to bring that car home and, and and those bidding wars that you get they it's it's just a magical moment and and it's of course also as a, as the consigning specialist there's perhaps an extra element in it for me watching the bids go up it, it's it's very satisfying but i think everybody in the room uh, i mean i say to my friends as well even friends who have no interest in in auctions and no interest in classic cars maybe even. I, I do actually have friends who have no interest in cars. They're a bit weird, but they, they're out there. And, uh, but even them, I say, you know what? One day you should come along and, and you would love it. You don't need to get the cars. You would love just the atmosphere. It's, 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 it's a party in its own right. It's, uh, it's magical. So it's the morning after the night before. Will, <laughs> yeah, tell me, thanks. your role obviously there. Yes. It's quite a, it's just explain the difference between your role and what the auctioneer is doing at the auction itself. So I, during the auction, I'm the reader. So I, I basically introduce the cars, explain a little bit about them, give a bit more detail, and sort of encourage people to bid on them as, and, and pass over to the auctioneer who then conducts the actual auctioneering. What's the value in splitting that role out between the two? Like, as in, it adds I, I, a bit of theatre to it, a bit of character? It, it adds a bit of theatre, adds a bit of character, but it also gives the auctioneer a little bit of breathing space. You know, the, it's, it's an intense job and it allows him to just take a breather, let me take over, introduce the cars, 
and and also as a double act it obviously works as a presenting format so that's why we do it it's obviously you're talking about a subject matter that's very dear to my heart and obviously for the first few occasions it's quite nerve-wracking but uh you get used to it it's um it's good fun it's the best seat in the house i mean it was our best ever villa herb auction by far by far uh, our best ever auction uh, over 50 million euros in sales um but for me it was the aurora collection all without reserve um there was a great buzz in the room and just seeing that activity, that that incredible sort of excitement in the room, um, that was a huge highlight for me. So yeah, the Aurora collection in general went brilliantly, and uh, yeah, it was, it was great fun. Final question: How did how did you celebrate last night? What's the what what, what is the what goes down once the final <laughs> gavel hits the hits the board? What happens after? Um, what's it? What's the post situation? The like? team sort of congregate round, and we have a little post meeting debrief yeah. uh, with a few beers, only yeah, a few. Course, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then uh, who knows? Maybe go out to Lake Como and into the town centre and see what happens uh, in the nightlife in Como. I feel so, like you're yeah. looking very fresh today, so it can't be that I, late last I, night. I, no, it's okay. It wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, we had a great night, and and we thoroughly enjoyed celebrating. Our success. Okay, so Anis, it's the day after, the night before. How was the end of the auction? What happened? Give us the update. So we had the uh, Aurora collection, which uh, that was the end of the auction. That's where that we summed it up everything here at Villalba, and it went. It, it was astonishing. I mean, what a ride! It's just been. It's been a real honour to be part of this whole journey with, with bringing such an amazing collection of cars to, to, to the market after having been hidden away in, in a private collection for so many years. Working with such a passionate enthusiast as well, the owner of the cars, it's just been amazing. And um, we, we did well. Uh, the, 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 the solid marketing we had all the way up to the auction, good teamwork uh, in, in the company, we did really, really well. Um, 14 cars, we sold them at I think it was about 25.3 million we got for the 14 cars for the Aurora collection. Uh, two of the cars, they sold for more than double the low estimate. The, the interest was very, very solid. So just in every way, a phenomenal experience. As the first lot of the Aurora collection went across the block, that that was special, that was magic. It was that, good feeling in my, in my stomach and just well and equally actually as the last lot was was finally sold uh, it sort of um, yeah the end of the journey uh, and what a journey it was thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of RM Sotheby's car show I hope you enjoyed that little insight into uh, how Anders goes about his day job and the life of a specialist uh, finding out a little bit more about this wonderful location and why we are having an auction here on the banks of Lake Como and uh, and generally uh, I hope you've if you're watching this rather than listening to it I hope you've enjoyed some of this beautiful scenery that's uh, behind me at this very moment so thank you and we'll see you next time Thank you.